3: Welcome back to part two. It's Zoe Lyons in the Moon Underwater, comedian, broadcaster, and presenter of Lightning on BBC Two, <laughs> the quiz show. <laughs> how how long does Lightning go out like, go out for? Is Lightning around forever?
4: No, no, Lightning is. uh we do the. It
5: only happens
3: once, doesn't it? It
4: only happens once. Uh, twice now, series two. Uh, six weeks were on there this time round. So Monday to Friday, six weeks. Folks,
3: please check out Lightning on BBC Two because not only is it brilliant, but if the if the figures are good enough, if you get a quiz show that runs and runs and runs, that's your ticket out of here.
4: Absolutely, <laughs> that's my this is my retirement plan, John. This is all I've got.
5: Well, hopefully, I can sell sell this format, the postcode uh, quiz show. Do you think that would take off? Or? Yeah, you could call it the Impossible Quiz.
4: Ow. Yeah. Where do you think you are? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Where do you think you are? <laughs> well, before we left part one, uh, Robin set us four postcode-based sporting locations. Um, so, Robin, please put us out of our misery and get us out of these TTH3OOKS. Tenterhooks. Very nice.
5: So, question one... And question two, both began with LS, so there was LS six, three PW, and LS eleven zero ES, and so we kind of did, we worked out that it was Leeds, didn't we? So what are you, what what are we what are we guessing, Zoe? What what do you think?
4: Uh, first, what Le- I mean, I only know well Leeds United,
3: <laughs> Leeds, the Leeds. The, the Leeds, Leeds Penguins ice hockey? Not only do you need to know the postcode, not only do you need to guess the sport, you also need to know the name of the stadium where the team in the postcode plays.
4: I mean, I'm not going to get the stadium name, am I? It's Le-
3: Leeds Leeds. Ellen two. Road. What, two is Ellen Road and one is... What's the
5: other big Leeds? No, Come on, you play cricket, don't you? Or like cricket? Oh! Yeah,
3: it's... Um...
4: Well, it's not the, the old... No, er... Uh... Stamp no Stamford Bridge is North ha- North Nottingham, isn't it? No,
3: that's that's Chelsea. But keep that in your mind. Even though the battle of Stamford Bridge didn't didn't happen there.
5: <laughs> Headingley. let's yeah, move yeah, this yeah. on. Headingley. Oh, one yeah. was Headingley, two was Ellen Drone. Okay, so we didn't get either of those. No. Three, S one, one D A. We worked out we was Sheffield. S one's gotta be in the centre, hasn't it?
4: Sheffield Ro, Ro-, Ro-, Ro- <laughs> Rovers. Rovers. <laughs> uh, Sh-
3: Sheffield United's ground. Where's the cue ball going? Where's the cue... Oh, the crucible. Yes, it is the
5: crucible. Well done. Yes.
4: Yes. Well I'm done. Please, just pump for that. Zoe's in the
5: lead. Four was that KY169XL. Is
4: that... Murrayfield. Nice guess.
5: Duchess of Kirkaldy, always smiling and arriving late for tea. The Beatles, of course, K- KY is Kirkaldy. Does that help? Cocoldi? Uh, no. No. You might play golf there.
4: St Andrews?
5: Yes. St Andrews. Yes, it's the old course of St Andrews.
4: I am ripping this up,
0: man. <laughs> so
5: he's smashing this. And uh number 5 SW6 1HS. Chelsea, Stamford Bridge. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no clues at all, there. So he's absolutely smashed this. 3 to <laughs> Did you get that one, John? Uh no. 3 no, to I didn't not, get three. any of them. John, John looks a bit angry. Actually, I, I think I'm you need to stop
3: about. using this guy's quizzes, and your quizzes are better. I can't believe that that was a real. I thought that was a good one.
5: I don't know. Maybe I, he didn't choose, he didn't suggest the postcodes. I thought the postcodes were. I
3: think that's good. quite. Good, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I just don't think anyone would have got any right because it's <laughs> insanely specific knowledge.
5: I didn't know um, Chelsea was an SW postcode. I stupidly thought, um, I mean, I'm very naive. And it's just quite
4: a from. small stadium, isn't it? It's quite, it's in the middle of a very sort of
5: built up area. Like they've just plonked
4: a stadium between like somebody's back garden. Yeah. Well, it's quite nice it's when you
3: when you fly over London, you see all of the football stadiums and they are just in the middle of London. And you, But you wouldn't know they were there unless you were actually going to them. But you can see like Fulham, like Craven Cottage, Stamford Bridge, uh, the Emirates and like Wembley, and then there's so many stadiums, it's kind of mad. I love seeing London from the air, yeah, me too. Um, so sorry about the quiz this week.
5: Uh, <laughs> join me again next
3: week. <laughs> it's a good quiz, very testing <laughs> quiz. Um, and it's, it's okay to be tested, uh, Zoe. <laughs> We come to your next choice for your dream pub, which I uh, should remind listeners so far has Leffe Blonde, Sharps Cornish Pilsner on draft, uh, Crick, Cherry Beer and a Pinot Noir potentially from Romania if it's on offer as bottles. But let's talk spirits. Zoe, what part do spirits play in your life?
4: Uh, I'm going to say quite a big part. Part in my life? Because I tell you why, in in my brown cafe I like a pub with surprises. So I like it uh, if you if there's a little nook or cranny that's slightly different to the rest of the pub. I think it harps back to my days in the 90s of clubbing and they used to go to clubs and there'd be different parts of the club and you'd wander into a room and you go, oh, it's this room. Oh, OK, I'll put my leather chaps on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'd quite like a little offshoot of my Brown Café. That's slightly more velvety on the eye And yeah in that room I would enjoy a vodka martini straight up with a twist made from grey goose And I say a martini I say a vodka martini what I mean is I like my martini very dry So um, I would just ask the bartender to show the martini the vermouth
3: Right. So because people do get quite like there's quite a lot of folklore about the strength of martinis, isn't there? And their dryness. And like, yeah. it, didn't someone famous once say just like look towards? Look towards the bottle. Yeah. Look towards yeah. the Vatican as you pour yeah. <laughs> the gin. <gym. laughs>
4: yeah, it's that sort of thing. I used to, well, i worked in bars before and people used to say, just show the martini, the, just show the vodka, the vermouth. They make you do that they make you hold the vermouth
5: over the <laughs> vodka isn't the isn't one of them where you pour vermouth in the glass and then pour it out
1: again yes,
4: I think that that's if you get a good bartender and know what, then that is ex yeah if they put it in the glass uh line the glass with the vermouth, a good vermouth and then yeah tip it out, then put the ice in and then the, then your vodka and then that's it and I'd sit in my velvety velvety offshoot. Which is not a phrase I thought I'd ever say. But I'd, sit in, <laughs> <laughs> I'd sit in the velvety offshoot of my brown cafe and enjoy a vodka martini in a Victorian etched glass. Oh, lovely. Etched
3: glass. That's nice. So essentially it's vodka.
4: Basically it vodka. Would you be able
3: to tell the difference between vodka and the vodka with the martini on the glass that's poured out?
4: possibly yes 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 i do like a little bit of vermouth if i'm honest
3: and what sort of of vermouth vermouth. out of interest because you get sweet and dry don't you
4: dry like a noily prat or something yeah and i used to drink it with an olive and then I, i i i went went rogue one time and just changed to a twist and i've never looked back
3: oh
4: yeah i've never looked back Always a twist
3: Is vodka and martini Are those your two spirit choices Or are you sort of Is a vodka martini Your first spirit choice That's my first spirit Fair choice Fair enough I'll allow that
4: Yeah I think that's allowed Isn't it Yeah So what yeah. would be
3: number two
4: Second spirit choice Would be um, a whiskey Specifically a Glen Farkless
3: Ooh tell me about Glen Farkless And how did you find it
4: It's just Oh it's just the nicest whiskey in the world I love whiskey. I really like whiskey. I don't like, um, I really can't stand peaty whiskies, and I, I've really tried with them, you know, like the Laphroaigs and the Islay whiskies. I really, I've, I've really tried, and I just can't. But a Glen Farkless, uh, I think it's space. I'm, oh, I'm showing a gap in my knowledge here. Um, but a sort of a, a 12 to 18 year old Glen Farkless. Oh, Beautiful, beautiful whiskey. Lovely. With a drop of water. A drop of water to open up its eyes. That's all. Oh lovely. Yeah, that's it. And if possible, uh if the if the brown bar's shut and everybody else is gone, I'd probably enjoy that with quite a big cigar.
3: Oh <laughs> Oh my yeah. god, I am in your velvety offshoot.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had I had a big birthday recently. I turned 50 not so long ago. And my brother said to me, "What do you want for your birthday?" I went, "I want a big fat Cuban cigar." So he bought me a big, fat Cuban cigar and uh, I, I went away to a treehouse in Dorset and I <laughs> sat in my treehouse in Dorset with a bottle of Len oh, and a God. big, fat Cuban cigar. That's so nice. It was really lovely, around an open fire. And I was like, this is...
5: That's great. I was thinking, because I'm re-watching The Wire at the moment, and in basically every scene, Bunk, remember Bunk? He's smoking a massive cigar. And not once does anyone say, mate, that... It fucking stinks.
4: That stinks, mate. It yeah, he just stand
5: over there, like he's in a bar as well. It's like just, just go outside. But yeah, but but I I think that's a lovely thing to have. A
4: good cigar, a good cigar. But when I was a kid, like my my stepdad used to have, you know, friends used to come round of an evening and they'd sit up late talking and drinking and smoking cigars. And it was fucking horrible because it would stink the whole house out for. Days it's horrible because they were shitty cigars as well, but it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing a beautiful cigar, and you know I don't smoke normally, so it's uh, I think why not? I've always thought if I make it to sort of eighty, I'll just I'll properly hit the cigars.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, a perfect place for us to sip our Glenfarcus and smoke our cigar is the Moon Underwater Pub Library, and that's a part of the pub, a little nook. Little Haven, with shelves that the lovely Robin populates with some of his most publy tomes. So, Robin, I'll hand over to you.
5: Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Thanks, John, and welcome to this week's pub library. This week is a bit different, because normally we put a book in, but this this time it's a song. And it's a song by one of my favourite bands, the Cleontel. And... It's a spoken word song. So, you know, and this was spoken word before spoken word became really, you know, hip. Everyone's doing spoken word these days. But uh, it's a really beautiful song called Losing Harringay," And it's on their album called Strange Geometry, which came out in 2005. And so in the song, it's like a hot summer's day and the narrator doesn't have enough money to go to the pub. So he goes out for a long walk through North London. And he takes a seat on a bench and something strange starts to happen. So I'm going to read it now. It's, it, I've abridged it quite a bit, but it's still... It's, it's long-ish, so strap in. Suddenly tired, I sat down. I held my head in my hands, feeling like shit. But a sudden breeze escaped from the terraces and for a moment I lost my thoughts in its unexpected coolness. I looked up and I realised I was sitting in a photograph... I remembered clearly this photograph was taken by my mother in 1982 outside our front garden in Hampshire. It was slightly underexposed. I was still sitting on the bench, but the colours and the planes of the road and horizon had become the photo. If I looked hard, I could see the lines of the window ledge in the original photograph were now composed by a tree branch and the silhouetted edge of a grass verge. The sheen of the flash on the window was replicated by bonfire smoke drifting infinitesimally slowly from behind a fence. My sister's face had been dimly visible behind the window, and yes, there were pale stars far off to the west that traced out the lines of a toddler's eyes and mouth. When I look back at this, there's nothing to grasp, no starting point. I was inside an underexposed photo from 1982, but I was also sitting on a bench in Haringey. Strongest of all was the feeling of 1982-ness. Dizzy, illogical, as if none of the intervening disasters and wrong turns had happened yet. I felt guilty and inconsolably sad. I felt the instinctive tug back to school, the memory of shopping malls, cooking, driving in my mother's car, all gone, gone forever. I just sat there for a while. I was so tired that I didn't bother trying to work out what was going on. I was happy just to sit in the photo while it lasted, which wasn't for long anyway. The light faded, the wind caught the smoke, the stars dimmed under the glare of the street lamps. I got up and walked away from the squat little benches and an oncoming gang of kids. A bus was rumbling to my rescue down the hill with a great big Via Alexandra Palace on its front, and I realised I did want a drink after all. Oh, lovely! It's very nice, isn't it? Oh, my. Very yeah. mysterious, quite surreal,
4: very visual, yeah.
5: But it's very beautiful, and it's a really like beautiful song about London and about just walking and finding strange places. But then this kind of strange thing happening with memory and as well.
3: I really like it. But also, Rob, you've spoken about in the past how digital photography and sort of taking photos on your iPhone has, has changed what photos mean. Yeah, Because they don't age. And they're sort of too... The height, quality is too high.
5: Yeah. So it's, it's done something to our concept of nostalgia, hasn't it? Where When we see kind of old photos from the 80s and they're kind of underexposed like that, they almost look like memories.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Whereas our photos that we'd look back, so the photo I've taken today, for example, of my golf swing, (laughs) you know, is going to look sort of, I I don't know that you can improve it that much pixel wise. You could improve the swing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But (laughs) when I look back at it in 50 years' time, it'll probably look quite similar to photos in 50 years' time, whereas, like, my mum, the photos of me as a kid, I can see them now because they're in an album and they've been printed out and they've aged and they sort of look old, whereas photos won't look old anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, great great band. I would thoroughly
5: recommend The Clientel, uh, that album in particular, Strange Geometry. And what was the name of the
3: song again? It's called Losing Haringey. Oh, God. Loss. So, into the pub library. We'll have to print it out, but w- print it out we will do. That's the clientele, Losing Haringey. And we're about to come to Zoe Lyons' final choice for her bar. But, Zoe, before we get to that, I want to ask you about Brighton, because we discussed your sort of pub history briefly in York, but also in Glasgow. And I wondered uh, what, what Brighton... Is in contrast to those other places for you?
4: Um, Brighton has um, it's got some it's got a couple of really lovely little idiosyncratic pubs that I, I when I lived in Kemp Town it was the Hand in Hand that I used to go to which
5: is a it's yes.
4: just it's a nuts little bar um,
5: and did you ever play Toad in the Hole?
4: No, I never did explain. (laughs) We've had
5: a few bits of correspondence about this because I was in there the other week. Ah. And it's this game where you kind of toss kind of coins into this hole. um, And apparently it's quite well known throughout that area, (laughs) toad in the hole. But yeah, it's a great pub. And they used to have a brewery there as well. I think they still do Yeah,
4: tiny little brewery. yeah. Yeah, it's a really lovely little pub. They did a cracking pickled egg. And I thoroughly enjoyed the pickled eggs in there. Served with a proper chilli and Tabasco and all sorts. And then the other place that I go to frequently in Brighton is the Basket Makers.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
4: it's just a really good pub. It's got such a lovely vibe to it. It's got brilliant food. And it's got all of these little tin boxes stuck to the wall with where people have left messages. So you can just sit there and like unfurl these little rolls of paper that have got either love messages or just stupid little stuff on it. And it just, it feels like a piece of living history. I like any pub where you're allowed to feel part of it. We're allowed, even if you're there for a night and, you know, you never go back again, but you've had some connection and you've had either a connection with the the person behind the bar or a connection with people at the bar or a connection with the pub itself. then that is what I love about it, because we've all been into pubs where, you know, you get that feeling straight away like
3: they don't want me to connect. So or um, they're making no effort to connect with anyone. They're just yeah. serving beer.
4: So when you have a nice, i have got to call it life experience in a pub, mm. then that's that's what sticks with you. That's yeah.
3: brilliant.
5: What a great way of putting it as well. I think that's superb. The other great thing about the basket makers, of course, is that you can... Posed by lots of signs that say shag,
4: yeah, you know,
5: because they're all these uh tobacco products that are called like
4: with a massive yeah. Cuban hanging out my lips, <laughs>
5: so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, got good, good music there as well, I think. On Sundays, they have like live jazz and things. Well, oh, last I'm not time sure. i not sure, I've
4: not there. been in there when they've got the live music, but it's a yeah. What I know, the, the staff are quite the staff are young, but they're really, I'm going to say, hip because I'm at that age, <laughs> but really nice with it. They're just really lovely kids behind the bar, and they're really... Yeah, it's a proper Brighton establishment, and I love it.
3: And what about the the places in Hove, now Now that you have sort of uh, moved up in the world?
4: It's funny, Hove, Hove. When we first moved here, there was absolutely nothing. Nothing where you'd go for, like like drink wise in a sort of pub pub um, we've got one there around the corner the Better Half which is run by a friend of mine called Simon and he's done such a good job with it it was your classic old sort of it was it was called the Red Lion I think before and it was sort of you know racism and curry on a Tuesday and it turned it into, it's turned it into a really nice pub and uh, really good food as well so that, that's it's nice to have a and there's another one around the corner actually um, the Sterling which is a community pub Um, so the the locals have taken it over and it's got again just usually when a community pub just usually really friendly when you go in so yeah very nice
3: well i did jump the gun somewhat because it's not quite time for your final choice but it is time for you to add an album to the moon underwater jukebox uh so what album would you most like to hear when you walk into your pub
4: OK, so if we're going with the old darkened, candlelit, Amsterdam-styly brown cafe... The, the Velvet
3: Offshoot. With the Velvet Offshoot. <laughs>
4: with the Velvet Offshoot. Then I think on the jukebox, we have to have Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon.
3: Mm. Interesting. It's the first entry of Pink Floyd to the Moon Underwater jukebox. Tell us tell us how you, how, your history with that album. I just adore it. I
4: love a bit of prog rock. I like anything that's got a bit of a story to it. Dave Gilmore also lives down the road, so I see him quite often. And I never fail to get starstruck. I think Time is one of the best tracks ever written and it's, it's just a poignant reminder to check into where you are. For me, being the present and yeah if you're happily in a pub environment or if you're velvet offshoot to enjoy the company that you're with in that moment and have a conversation or have a nice life experience and turn your phone off
5: (laughs) two things with dark side of the moon though one i was once in a pub with my dad and they were playing you know that track the great gig in the sky yeah with a kind of orgasmic shrieking, and it was it was a very awkward moment uh, in, in father son relations. Yeah, I
4: can, I can get like that. Listening
5: yeah. to a sex scene. <laughs> yeah, the other one in is t- the other point is time. Doesn't that start with all the bells? Yeah. So people might think that's last orders.
4: Possibly, but <laughs> I'll know it's my jukebox, so I'll I'll be all right. I, I
3: think the thing with Pink Floyd is they come with an awful lot of denim baggage. Yeah,
4: quite of, yeah. I mean, I'm very aware that my choice is very off trend.
3: I remember I did a gig. Have you ever done the gig at the Royal Albert Hall in the in the like foyer bar? No. So there's a there is a stand up gig in a small function room with a bar in the Royal Albert Hall, and it's an impossible gig to play because you are on the other side of the corridor from the from the sort of stalls. So I did that gig. I was comparing when Dave Gilmore was playing the Royal Albert Hall. So every time anyone walked out to go to the loo, you as the door swung open and closed, you would hear about three seconds of like the solo from "Comfortably Numb." Yeah, yeah. And even I, as the compo, was thinking, "I want to be in there." Yeah, yeah. I do. What's the no one? What do you come to this gig Who for? Who comes to the foyer?
5: Yeah, that's so funny, isn't it? I like the idea of... Like you're trying to do something... Uh, you know, you're trying to perform your art, yeah. but someone keeps opening the door and going, oh, the Mona Lisa's out yeah. here, by the way.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you could hear the Mona Lisa. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Comfortably Numb, one of my absolute favorite. I know that's not on Dark Side of the Moon, but... I'm. I'm not sure I could listen. I'm not. I don't know if I could listen to Dark Side of the Moon all the way through. It it feels a bit like it's it's a chewy red wine.
4: Yeah. You, well, you'd need to be three Grey Goose yeah. fucking martinis in by that point.
5: I think it's an album that you kind of need to hear at the right age. Like trying to get into Dark Side now maybe is. I don't know. Do, do you know what I mean? Like I think hearing it as a teenager is amazing. You know.
4: Yeah. I'm I'm sort of stuck in that. I've got really weird music tastes. It's either prog rock or Scandinavian deep house, and nothing oh, right. in between. Nothing and there's in between. nothing in between. So it's yeah. See, I'm either listening to Zappa.
3: Yes, please.
4: Fever Ray. So it's oh, I like, love Fever Ray.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, what are your favorite Frank Zappa albums, please?
4: Oh well, Joe's Garage would be oh, yeah. up there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yes. some, yeah, yeah. Yes. So yeah, yeah. Some of the lyrics are just some of the funniest, cleverest lyrics you'll ever hear.
3: They, yeah. they really are. Also, I didn't, I didn't realize that that album is sort of revolutionary in drumming circles because of the. I, and I don't understand drumming, but because of some of the, I think it's the syncopation that uh, the drummer uses is sort of. I think it's Warren. Is it Warren Kukarula, the drummer on Joe's Garage? Warren Kukarula. she gave me
1: <laughs>
3: I'm just going to look it up to get it right No, no, Warren Cucurula's rhythm guitar um, The uh, drummer Chad Wackerman Great name for a drummer
4: Chad Wackerman
3: <laughs> I think he was a bit later He was later, he? yeah The drummer, I've got to get this right Vinnie Ah, oh, These are all great names Oh no, that. but we got the quote from the song right, Rob Because it's Vinnie Carlyuta She gave yeah. me VD. Yeah, Um, yeah. so Vinnie Kaliuta and Ed Mann on percussion.
4: The thing about that album as well is, you know, the ridiculous lyrics, you know, Catholic Girls and Wet T-Shirt Competition. And then it finishes with Watermelon Easter Hay, which is one of the most beautiful Beautiful guitar solos you'll ever hear. Oh, it's
3: a beautiful song. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think it's the only sad song Frank Zappa ever wrote, and fittingly for him, a, about the idea of music being banned as the only thing that could raise any sort of sentiment in his <laughs> in his ninety album career. But it's got my it's got my favorite chord in it. That's has what. it. Yeah. Which chord's that?
5: B with an E under it. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Fun fact. Exclusive. Exclusive.
3: <laughs> That's not going on the jukebox at the Moon Underwater because Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon uh, with all of its heft and might is going on our jukebox.
1: Mommy!
0: Hello, I'm Jess Phillips, an MP, and if you don't already know, I'm now a fully fledged podcaster. My show is called Yours Sincerely, and in each episode, I invite a guest to celebrate three people that mean the world to them someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. I've spoken to Lorraine Kelly about the letter she would send to celebrate her favourite teacher, Vicky Patterson about the letter she would send to her best friend who passed away. And Fee Glover talked to me about how much she loves Taylor Swift. The conversations are a celebration of people we love. And so we often find ourselves in tears of joy and sadness as guests share the letters of appreciation they wish they could send. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or by searching for Jess Phillips wherever you listen to podcasts. And with that, I'll sign off with yours sincerely, Jess Phillips. I hope you get to enjoy my podcast soon.
3: Zoe, we now come to your wild card choice. It's anything you want. All bets are off. What are you adding to your bar?
4: Okay, all bets are off. I'm going to add... um, I'm going to add draft Manhattans. Oh, (laughs) Oh, nice. I like
3: it. Talk me through a Manhattan, please. So, um, bourbon,
4: uh, vermouth, uh, sweet vermouth and... uh, uh what else goes in there? It's a bit of bitters, isn't it? Um a bit you have to have a good cherry. So you've
3: got a lot of vermouth knocking around. Well or maybe not so much. Are you are you quite as strict with the minimal vermouth when it comes to a Manhattan as you are with your martini?
4: No, I quite like a Swedish Manhattan. Ooh. S- slightly sweetish, but I like the but I like the sweetness to come from the um the juice of the, the the cherry as well. That's uh, mm. yeah. If you leave the cherry right till the
5: very end. Oh, it's got orange in it. Orange, orange, bitters as well. orange bitters. Yeah. So whisk, rye whiskey, sweet vermouth, angostura bitters, and orange bitters. Yes. Yeah. And, and and but the, sometimes you get the little orange, little orange peel at the top in, you know, in it. Don't you? Or am I thinking of an
3: old fashioned? I think you might be thinking of an old fashioned. Yes, I think I am. Is a draft Manhattan something you've ever seen, or is this an invention of your own? No, mind? no, that's just
4: I've invented that right now. <laughs> if I can have anything I want, I'm going to have that.
3: So, what what quantity are you drinking them in if they're draft? Because you could have a pint.
4: No, I mean the idea is you'd have them. You'd have them at the end of the evening, obviously, towards the sort of. I'm going to say you're down to your last two inches of Cuban and. <laughs> <laughs> You can't. You can't be asked to, to make another fix a drink. So you just have a draft
3: Manhattan. Well, I, I like the fact that you could have asked for the you know the most perfectly mixed Manhattan on yeah. earth, but you've actually <laughs> just gone for draft,
4: draft, yeah, <laughs> draft. <laughs> but served you'd have you know you'd have the regular measure, but an an infinite supply.
3: Mm. You're barred. Well, that completes Zoe Lyons' dream bar. Uh, We have Leffer Blonde, Sharp's Cornish Pilsner, Crick, or Crick, Crick. 4% cherry beer, Pinot Noir from Romania if it's on offer. We have Vodka Martini with just a hint, just a hint of vermouth. We have Glen Farkas whiskey, but with a cigar. In this pub with surprises, the Brown Cafes and the Velvety Offshoot. Mm. We have Draft Manhattans as well And Pink Floyd playing on the jukebox But Zoe, of all the things that annoy you in a pub What are you going to bar? What's your outlawed item or thing or behaviour?
4: There will be no laminated food menus in the bar There'll be no laminated food menus
3: in the bar (laughs) Sounds like a train announcement Yeah, yeah Yeah
4: (laughs) (laughs) I hate a laminated food menu. Rick, who works behind the bar, he'll tell you what they got tonight, and it's uh, it's mostly cheese and meat. Yeah.
3: So, what do you hate most about the lamination? Is it is it the fact that you're prepping to clean them, or is it the fact that they're never going to change the menu because they've gone to the trouble of laminating it?
4: Yeah, that's like it's never going to change. It's they look sh- shitty. I just prefer if you go to the bar and go, "Hey, have you got any food?" And They go, "Yeah, I got some cheese." and some meat. Do you want that? Yeah. 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 And you like, yeah, I'll have that. Thank you, Rick. I'll have that. That's what I'll have. I once went to a, a restaurant in France and I asked the guy for the wine menu and he went, listen, you have this. And he just plonked a bottle of red on the table and he went, if you don't like it, don't drink it. And that was it. I was like, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, good.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll have that then, mate. Thank you. Yeah. You'll have what you're given and like it. That's what my mum used to say.
4: Yeah.
5: <laughs> Hurry up, please. It's time.
3: So we have no laminated menus in this pub. uh, But before we let you go, to continue your recuperation with both ice and Belgian beer, uh, we need a name for this pub. Zoe, what are you going to call it?
4: Right. I don't like faffy names. So I like a straightforward name. single syllable as well, because you always remember it, don't you? So I'm going to call it the boot.
5: Nice. Das boot. Das boot.
4: (laughs) (laughs) The boot. We're going down the boot.
5: That's great. I like that.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I like the simplicity of it. It's easy to say. And also, if it were any longer, people would probably just uh, shorten it to the boot anyway.
4: Yep. the boot. Or the dog. Or I might just have a franchise. I'd love the dog, the boot.
5: Is this Monopoly board we're doing?
3: Yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> the old shoe. Oh, no, that's the boot, yeah. isn't it? The yeah. Monopoly man. Off the top hat.
4: Let's stick with the boot. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
3: as you leave uh, the correct realm to head back to the other realm, uh, we're going to play you out with a song from your favourite album. But I must remind our listeners to check out Lightning, your quiz show, on BBC2 where they can see you in your quiz element. In my quizzy suit. In your quizzy suit. Do you get... Zoe, do they pay for your clothes? They pay for my quizzy suit. It's amazing, isn't it?
4: I know. And I, and I ride round Hove on the bus in my quizzy suit. <laughs> just, yeah,
3: lording it up. What song from Dark Side of the Moon would you like to play you out? Let's go with time. Oh, Time at the bar, you could say, Zoe. Time at the bar. And it is uh, time for Zoe Lyons' Dream Pub, which features Leffer, Sharp's Cornish Pilsner, Crike Cherry Beer, Pinot Noir from Romania, and Draft Manhattans alongside whiskey, uh, Glenn Farkas with a cigar, and vodka martinis. Zoe, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure to have you here at The Moon Underwater this evening.
4: It's been lovely. Thank you for having me. Have you got any cheese?
3: (laughs) Uh, Yes, but no meat.
4: (laughs) Okay, no problem.